Welcome y'all to The Road Show. I'm Erin May, and today I have with me Chris Stelkup from Chris Stelkup and the Grange. But before we get to our conversation, let's listen to his song, Bad Kisser. Say you're going to your mama's But you're dressed like you're gonna take on Take on this old town I hear you running around Here lately You tell me that you've been holding out You say that Oh, you ain't happy and you're going now Going out there on the town Find you a man That'll listen to your heart And understand That you never really were that good of a kisser So I ain't gonna get downhearted and miss You're gonna find me a girl that'll pay me attention one that smiles and who wants to listen to all my songs on my canons, my favorite records all night long. You got pretty good at making bad decisions. No, I ain't gonna sit here downhearted and listen to all those sad songs about wasted time. Go on, put on your best disguise. Since the walls came down Did you break it to your mama How we tried and we Couldn't take it on Make it all work out We couldn't figure it out Did she say that hey, Everybody's got their ups and downs of our heads Or take a little time Is that what she said But you never really were that good of a kisser So I ain't gonna get downhearted and miss You're gonna find me a girl that'll pay me attention One that smiles and a likes to listen to all my songs on my canals My favorite records all night long You got pretty good at making bad decisions No, I ain't gonna sit here downhearted and listen to all those sad songs about wasted time Come on, put on your best disguise 
you never really were that good of a kisser So I ain't gonna get downhearted and miss You're gonna find me a girl that'll pay me attention One that smiles and it wants to listen to All my songs on my canons I favor it Thanks so much for joining me on the road show today, Chris. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Good. Okay, so you're from Atlanta. Did you grow up there, or are you a transplant? No, I've been here my whole life. I'm actually from a, a little suburbs around Atlanta. Uh, for the most part right now, I live about 30 miles north in a little town called Ackworth. Oh, cool. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, so has how has that influenced your music growing up around there? Uh, well, you know, I'd say it definitely has exposed me to a lot of you know, the southern rock genre, and it sort of... right developed here and still exists in certain ways so uh you know that and some americana and country kind of seems to flow out of this area pretty yes, well yes yes it does so yeah that's really cool what yeah, first here i've met a lot of great folks there's, i mean there's so many great songwriters i mean everywhere i go but uh you know here in particular i guess just since i've been here so long i feel like i've been able to meet quite a quite a few fantastic ones in this area which is just you know it always surprises me Right, yeah. I bet it does. I bet it does. So what first got you started in country music? Uh, man, I was uh, just wanting to write more songs that, that seemed a little more authentic uh, and simple. And right. Not, not to say that country music is terribly simple, but, um, you know, the, thematically, uh, it can be you know, simple or complex. But then, yes. I was basically going through a period where I wanted to write songs on an acoustic guitar that came out, you know, that uh, came out of you know these these moments I was having these experiences, but that I could relate uh, on just an acoustic guitar with a simpler, a more simple chord structure than what I was doing previously. Um, the band I had going on before, I was the you know the only guitar player as a three piece. Oh yeah. And, um, it was a little more, a little more rock and, uh, you know, just a touch bit weirder, but I mean, <laughs> it was, it was basically the same stuff, just a little more, you know, complex and weirder, I guess. But yeah. so I, I started out on this, uh, this one song, honestly, there's this one song and I was like, man, I really liked writing this song. I really liked the way it felt. We went into the mm -hmm. studio and recorded that as the turning point basically for me and the music I was making. Oh, wow. um, I've been working with the same uh, engineer producer um, my whole career basically and um, you know he heard the song and, and he's like I've got an idea on how to, to make this happen and it, it had such an impact on me right. that I just continued to write songs that inspired me actually to write more songs in that vein and I had a bunch of songs already written that I didn't know what to do with with that band and that particular 
you know, style of music I was playing or mm-hmm. writing just due to the sheer fact that, you know, we were a three piece right. and um, I felt like I was having to cover so much sonically. Oh, yes. And it was all, I was playing all electric. So, um, you know, when we did this, am I getting too long winded on your answer? No, take your okay, time. All right. So when we did this song in the studio, um, you know, my, my amazing producer, Ben Price, uh, he's, he brought in some fantastically talented dudes. Uh, Paul Barry on drums, Brett Hartley on guitar, and uh, Keith Parisi on bass. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, these guys were pros, and they, I mean, and it showed, and it made right. the song just shine, you know? So um, it allowed me the freedom to focus on the song and oh, good. vocals and lyrics. Mm-hmm. And my playing was secondary at that point. And it right. it actually opened me up to a whole new world. And it, it took a lot of pressure off me with that scenario. And so I, I kind of reshaped the band, um, different members, et cetera, but to, to follow this this new vein that I was kind of writing in. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty country-ish. Um, you know, I think country's got a lot of uh, negative connotation in some ways these days. In um, some ways, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's still you know got its roots founded in a beautiful place. Oh uh, yes. That's where to draw from, but um, you know, I I think you know a simple song that tells a great story is mm-hmm. it's all that's needed, and so uh, I try to keep that sort of in mind uh, most of these days. Right. So, is the band you're talking about now? Is that the Grange or? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Been the Grange. Yep. Yeah, I love that name by the way. <laughs> Thank you. What, Chris Dalkup or The Grange? Oh, well, both. <laughs> yeah, the Grange, They're both um, great, Chris. Well, thank you. Um, man, that was a name that I, I, I came across years ago. I yeah. Mean, and it was uh, a history teacher was you know, telling us about the story of The Grange um, and how it came about. And that stuck with me for so long. And it was one of those things where I always wanted to do something with it. Right. Um, I thought at the time, man, that'd make a killer band name. Yeah. You know? Stashed away on my neck. Yes. And, uh, then this band came apart, came came to, came out of uh, the other band and, and as a part of what I was trying to do next. And um, it, you know, the name, the Grange and what that movement symbolized was very much what I was going through with reforming this band, trying to make right. something um, better as a whole, elevate myself along with the, the project by adding these great players around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does the Grange even mean? I don't even know. <laughs> the Grange was a platform basically that was developed in the late 1800s. Um, and maybe even a little earlier if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, for, it started out as a, as a platform for farmers around the country to unite and have a common, more powerful voice um, oh wow! With the government, so that they could they could demand you know, fair prices for yeah. the crop and, and everything, um, and it it has evolved since that that organization is still around. Oh, um, cool! They exist in a little bit of a different manner, I believe, but you know it started at, in a really pure place, mm-hmm. and it was this idea that you know all these people coming together had a stronger voice and they could do better things for themselves and their families. And oh, that wow. was that's always stuck with me. I felt like there was yeah. something you know, very altruistic about that. And so um, as this band came about, it felt like the right time to, to use that to little use that. sketch I'd stashed away. <laughs> yes. You know? 
Oh, well, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, especially knowing the backstory now. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, there's more to it I might tell you on another day, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to now. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> we'll do that in part two. Okay, that sounds good. Deal. <laughs> okay, so where did you first play? Like, where was your first, um, like, official recording and stuff? Well, I guess if you really want to dive back deeper, um, first, how far do you want to go? Hey, as far as you want. <laughs> My first recording was, uh, I was probably about 18, 19. Oh, wow. And, um, a friend of mine had, a great friend of mine who ended up being in my bands uh for years brent griggs guitar player fantastic guitar player and uh, musician mm-hmm. uh, he was always kind of in those early years you know the, the one that sort of showed me everything about everything honestly you know? oh awesome yeah guitars amps how things work i mean how to tune a guitar all this stuff yeah. you know? <laughs> so it was cool. and so he was my buddy and uh he was like sort of my musical compatriot and uh we uh he bought a, a four track tape recorder once and I had this little song and uh, he, I had this drum machine. So he came up with the drum beat for it. And then I just went in and laid the acoustic guitar over this yes. thing and vocals. And I had, I had a song and it was like, the, it was the coolest thing ever. So oh, yeah. I, I bought a four track, you know? And so right. I would sit in my room at night and uh, just like lay down all kinds of stuff for years. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, and then I'd say my next real recording was Britt and I, uh, in the early days of the band Chase 56, uh, we went into the studio in Atlanta. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's not there anymore, but, um, we went in on a, like on a weekend when they were closed, mm-hmm. we knew someone who worked there and they're like, Hey, let's go record you guys for a, you know, it's kind of like my own project the engineer was wanting to do a project of her very own and uh so we went in our drummer was friends with her and we recorded all these tracks that have never made it to the light of day um oh gosh have them these years later so one of my projects this year may have to be next now since it's so late in 2017 one of my projects to finish that project that would be really cool yeah yeah there's some really amazing music in there and um you know i've uh, you know, there's some great foundation stuff. I just, you know, I couldn't sing worth a damn at the time. And my songs really weren't that great at the time either. So <laughs> I'm going to try to find a healthy balance between redoing them somewhat yes. strictly and sticking to the original intent. Um, so we'll see. But uh, that's really, those are the first two studio yeah. things, experiences that I've had. Um, beyond that, you know, my next record, well, so Ben Price um, was a friend of, of the girl that her name is Christy that was recording us that time. She couldn't figure out something with Pro Tools, so she called Ben Price, yes. and who worked at the studio. Ben came in and helped us out. It was like 2 in the morning, you know. It's like some crazy thing. We were working all night wow. long for two nights straight. Just, oh, my gosh. Exhausting. It was it was terrible. Um, and we had, But we had free studio time, and we'd never been in the studio. I had no idea right. what we um, So... Ben comes in, and that's my first time I met him. Consequently, Ben is the one who I did my next record with and all my subsequent records with. So, oh, okay, um, cool. 
Yeah, so it was kind of a, an interesting turning point, you know, friends of friends that uh, kind of led me down this path in a lot of ways. Right, which now that's really cool. And because then you have that trust there. So that makes a yeah. big difference. We, um, there was a time when Ben moved away and um, we had an opportunity to record at a pretty famous place. I won't say any names. Um, but we, we drove a long distance across mm-hmm. the country to get there under the guise that, you know, this was going to be the most amazing thing for this band at the time. Right. Got there and it was pretty much one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Oh, no. It's definitely the worst experience I've ever had in a studio trying to make art. Yeah. Um, and I left there just, you know, very upset. But the, uh, the the gist of the story is that, you know, Ben had moved away and I didn't have him. So we wanted to record and we had an opportunity. So mm-hmm. we did it anyway. We came back. And then Ben moved back to Atlanta, and right as you know, the time we were trying to finish up some of these things, so basically went in and recut a lot of the stuff with him. And oh um, yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, I just I told him I said, Ben, you know, you can't ever move away. Right. <laughs> Dude, I want to record with. So, um, I guess this podcast is really about Ben Price. No. <laughs> 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 oh lord okay so tell me some of your influences from your music like growing up and even now like man growing up um it's a lot of stuff yeah uh, but you know there's there's definitely you know that southern rock vibe and you know some of that 70s rock stuff um, yes you know, i'd yes. say probably mo- most influential stuff at the time that you know i didn't really realize until my later years would definitely turn out to be you know, musicians like uh, Leonard Skinner and Fleetwood Mac. And, oh, wow. And, you know, everything in between. But basically, whatever was on the radio back in the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, like late 70s and early 80s, that was, um, it turned out now to be more like classic rock. Right. But then as I started writing, um, you know, I, I kind of can't came into um, really having a deep love for music, you know, I'd say in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, that probably had a, a, a huge impact on me as well. I mean, oh, I'm still, sure. You know, all those bands that came around the time, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, you know, my friends <laughs> and I were, you know, super into all those. Yes. And, um, but as I started writing more, I'd say you know, these days, you know, uh, artists like Tom Petty and Wilco and Drive-By Truckers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that whole vein of music is had the biggest impact on me in the last you know, 15, 20 years for sure, I'd say. Yeah, well, you can definitely see a lot of those influences in your music, especially your um, latest album. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so talking about your um, new album, you it seems like you'd been through a lot prior to recording Downhearted Fools. So how did making this record, this album, how did that affect you? Was it therapeutic in any way? Absolutely, man. I, I'll tell you, making this record um, was, was the best therapy I think anyone I could yeah. have ever hoped for. Right. Um, again, working with Ben, Ben is, is more of a therapist or as much of a therapist <laughs> as an engineer and producer. You know, when you spend that much time with somebody, when right. you're trying to create something that is so dear to you and that's so vulnerable, yes. uh, you have to have someone that you can completely trust in and mm-hmm. so I, I probably trust in him as much if not more than anyone I know um, right. my emotions my ambitions all of that um, but uh, making this record 
purged a lot out of me um, that I think I've been wanting to get rid of for a long time in a lot right. of ways. Um, it had a, a lot of, you know, acute symptoms of uh, a recent relationship that had dissolved at the mm-hmm. time. Um, so I was working through some of that. Yes. And this record is really kind of a, um, a uh, it, it starts out and it ends in, in a, in a, a fashion that sort of tells the whole journey, if you will. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, making the record, like listening to the record, even now, it all has that same effect for me. You know, mm-hmm. that sort of redemption at the end of the road, kind of a feel for me. And right. uh, it's been it's been wonderful in some ways because you know I've been working on a lot of material, of course, and I've got a lot of older material that I'm you know still trying to pull yes. together, but. Um, it's great because I feel like I got rid of so much emotional baggage that I've had, you know, through that right. recent stuff, and earlier stuff that this record allowed me to get out. So now I feel like I, I'm kind of freed myself up in a lot of ways to. Oh, I'm sure. To possibly be less emotional and about what I'm doing to some degree, at least personally, uh, you know, relationship-wise. Like, yes. And, um, and and try to write in a different fashion, which is a challenge for me too. You know, I feel like a lot of the songs I've written over my musical career have been about, um, me trying, you know, struggling (laughs) relationships work or not, you know, like, yeah, but sometimes that, you know, brings forth the best songs, you know, when they're straight from the heart and what you're actually feeling and going through at the moment. I think they've given me my best songs for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one thing I really like about, um, down hard fools is that especially if you listen to it as a whole, you can definitely feel that story and feel all of that emotion and everything through it. So, thanks. I, I, I try to do that with all my records. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you get if you get time, go back and listen to Dixie Electric Company. And then, um, before that was my record with my previous band, Chase Fifty Six. Right. In a rising, I can send you those. But, okay, um, cool. They kind of did the same thing, you know, honestly, in a way, yeah. but less focused, I'd say. Um, this this one. Oh, had gotcha. A, a high focus on that specifically and it was it was nice because the songs that i had um, many of them i had written specifically during this time frame with the ambition of these will be the next record and Mm -hmm. so they came at a time and they wove together so well um and then you know i picked a couple of older tunes i'd say older but that i had right before um all this went on that i wanted to put on the next record um that didn't fit on the last one basically yes so they fit so beautifully within this architecture that, like, it just made this really nice arc, you know, the story arc that, um, for me at least, that uh, has really given me the sense of a newer sense and a better sense of what it means to make an album. Right. Uh, you know, I, I've struggled with the last two records previous to this. You know, always want it to be a beautiful body of work from finish you know, mm-hmm. from start to finish. Um, but I feel like I was just taking whatever I had and trying to organize it. Oh, yeah. Whereas this one, it felt a little more organic in its approach from start to finish and it allowed me to, to, to really craft this story um, with these songs that were written specifically for this moment, it felt like. Right. you know. So um, it was a little bit different adventure and I'm trying to, to harness a little bit more of that for the future too. Oh, yeah, that definitely, definitely. Because when you have that like objective, 
it does flow better, especially if you're um, like really in the moment in everything, then yeah, you can really have a little more, um, I don't want to say control, but more purpose to the project. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about uh, the song Down Hard Fools. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to know about it? Uh, hi, well, where did it come from, you know? Um, so that one, the idea behind it, it it's kind of a couple of things. So it started out, you know, I've been writing all these songs, like I said, very acoustic, and I've been doing that for, you know, the last couple albums and for the last several years, you right. know, every night we'd play a show, like I'm playing an acoustic guitar because I've got an electric guitar player that just rips and I don't need to play anything more than that so um during this time frame i i just kind of got tired of writing on an acoustic guitar i had all these pretty yeah. songs and i was like man i really want to just you know, grab my electric guitar again so i did and this is kind of the that, that opening riff is i won't even call it a riff but there's just you know slamming on the g chord mm-hmm. just kind of came out of me and it flowed from there and the whole thing just kind of like started to shape as i was playing it so um it that song kind of arose out of a little bit of, you know, the anger and resentment that you go through um, after things don't work out the way you want them to. Right. This song in particular um, was about, you know, facing, uh, looking at life again uh, as a single person, you know, much older in your life than you you want to be, basically, right. and wondering, like, um, if, you know, if uh, that was the last one for you, you know, like, Oh gosh. You know, so you're, you're out there competing in a field of, uh, of all these people again. And right. So a whole new world again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're just, are you relevant? And, you know, and that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was really about that. Like the fear, the uncertainty and the unknown of, of what's going to happen next. Um, right. And, and, you know, fortunately, my my friend Kerry Martin and I was over talking with him one day and you know we we were just commiserating on you know relationship stories at the yeah. moment and things <laughs> were going on with us and I swear he said this he says he doesn't remember but we'll just say that he said it um, <laughs> I was kind of basically walking away and getting in my truck he's like stalker but I guess we're just a couple of downhearted fools right oh gosh and so my whole ride home. That stuck with me, and I basically yeah. wrote the chorus in the car. Oh wow! I got home. I, you know, I patched it to the rest of the other songs. Like that's what I needed to finish this thing. So mm-hmm. it all just kind of happened like the same time, like within a day's time frame. You know, the whole thing was on my mind, and so it it just it, it's one of those that just sort of fell together. And yeah, uh, I'm probably as proud of that song as I am anything else. I mean, just as far as the simplicity, the power behind it, and the, the you know, I feel like the writing is. Um, as good as I can do on, on most given days. Oh, yeah, it's a great song, and it definitely has some power behind it, and the writing is really good. Like, you're taking the listener into your world, you know, and letting them feel what you're feeling. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to have a, you know, a, a real sense of purpose with each thing I, I write and put right. out there. Um, I don't want to write fluff. I don't want to waste my time making something that doesn't mean something well, to yeah. me. And, you know, and I hope... I totally get that. ...that whatever means something to me is valuable to someone else and and, um and it you know this record has shown me that and the the others um that it it's possible and that's probably the thing that keeps me doing this you know that my own 
you know, ambition to, to, to keep writing and, and, uh, as an art form, you know, it just kind of, it won't go away, but, um, it really helps knowing that, you know, I might be writing something that is helping someone else in a way during a particular moment in their life. And I'd say that probably drives me as much as anything. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, what's really good about country music in particular too, is that it's so relatable to so many different people. Well, I ain't like all the mother boys. A 
all the mother boys. I like all the mother boys. I like all the mother boys. I like all the mother boys. So tell me some about your songwriting process. What do you have a certain ritual you go through, or what do you do? No. No. I pick up my guitar whenever I feel like it, mm-hmm. um, whenever I can, whenever I have time or whenever I have the motivation. Right. Uh, and if I have something in my mind that I want to put down, I try to make it work into a song structure. Yes. Um, sometimes I just end up writing a bunch of, you know, music that I try to remember and record and, mm-hmm. and I might marry it with lyrics later down the road or vice versa, you know, right. I, there's times where I'm driving and I can't um, write, you know, play on the guitar, obviously. So I just hum melodies and sing lines into my phone. Oh, cool. Get home and go through those, you know, and some of them will stick and I, I really start to focus on them. So yeah. if they make it to the notebook phase um, <laughs> and it's committed to paper a little bit and I yes. actually start to conform to it, you know. So um, there's, I'd say there's no real ritual. It's just, I just, I mean, I just try to control the chaos that's going on in my head. Uh, right of all these words and music and the emotions and the feelings and the stories that I want to portray and put into a, you know, a, a tangible format. So, um, right. no, no, no real process. No real. <laughs> just just however it flows, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've, there's times where I wouldn't mind being a little more methodical to it, but <laughs> I, I have found for myself, at least, um, in this life that, Anytime I try to put too much structure around what I'm doing, I, yeah. it's too rigid for me. And then I, I struggle within those confines. So I just let it flow. I mean, there's times I don't pick up a guitar for, you know, a couple of weeks even. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. Just need that time away. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, that's I'll good, though. Back. You can come back you know, twice as strong in some ways, you know, or True. you just come back with a flood of things that happen. And I prefer to have that than to sit there every day and try to force something uh, oh exactly yeah forcing uh, it that's not good that's not good yeah and i, I don't think I, i'd be a very good songwriter uh you know a paid songwriter right <laughs> for other people i mean i've done some and i don't really, yeah uh i don't really enjoy having to make it work you know right that pressure yeah so so have all of your loved ones, your family and friends, have they been pretty supportive of your um, career? Because, like, you just kind of upped and decided, hey, I'm going to start doing this full time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I still have, I still do work, work that I've you? You know, done my whole life. But um, I, I switched the balance, you know. Right. Before I was working full time and just playing every every once in a while and rehearsing with my buds and, uh, and the, you know, once or twice a week. And then um playing shows whenever we could get them yeah and I, I basically flipped that model over to where i'm playing you know where i was playing you know every night and um you know we're just on the road i mean that takes all day every day every second of your day is either consumed with where are you going to eat or where are we going or <laughs> yes up to play you know um and so i would work little increments in between you know, just do contract work here and there, basically, and right. um, just fill in the gaps the best I could to keep, you know, to keep funding what I was doing. I just, you know, I got to a point in time where um, I just wanted to do this as 
and I wanted to give it everything I had and go full, you know, Monty with it, basically. Right. <laughs> what happened? I mean, you know, a lot of my, my buddies are out there doing this every day. Like, this is mm-hmm. what they do for a living. And, man, I have so much respect for this. It's not easy. Um, no, I imagine. And me just kind of trying to get mm-hmm. into that world instead of right. being in it for a long haul was a, a, a real shock to my system. Because well, yeah. I came from, uh, you know, a, a little bit different demeanor i guess and so (laughs) trying to understand how it all works while doing it at the same time was sort of a trial by fire for me and uh um when i wouldn't change for the world though it was it was it's been a lot of fun uh, this whole process and um yeah we're just i say it has been because i'm just sort of in a holding pattern at the moment oh yeah and on a new record and i'm not on the road right now so i'm just uh, taking it easy and uh just seeing how the next thing comes, uh, go from there. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, so how is being on the road for you? Like, what are some of the challenges you've had to face and stuff? I, I you know, the thing I don't like is all of the downtime. I, oh. I, mean, I feel my days, I mean, whether I'm working or whether I'm writing songs or whatever it is I'm doing, I'd stay busy. Um, and so just to right. sit and drive all day, it just, <laughs> eats me alive because yes. you know, I can't be as productive as I'd like to be. I can't do the things I want. So I just make notes in my phone. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, basically series my assistant, you know? Like, right. Um, I, so I, at the end of the day, I have all these notes, but even when you're on the road, half the time you can't get any of that accomplished. So to me, that's frustrating. Right. Um, only because I think I've built a life around the idea that I need to be able to do all those things. And right. so, um, you know, taking myself away from, um, being unable to be as productive as I would like to be in my realm um, is probably the most frustrating part. Oh, I'm but sure. Being on the road with my band is one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. Oh, I mean, good. People are beautiful human beings. They're amazing players. Yeah. They inspire me every night, and um, I couldn't ask for anything better than that. I mean, I've had a full rock and roll education um, by playing <laughs> with these dudes. They're all, you know, they're amazing. Yes. Um, yeah, every night it it grows and it right. morphs and it turns into something even more beautiful. And that to me is that far outweighs, you know, the frustrations of just sitting and driving all day. So, right. Um, yeah. So that is makes it, cool? it more worth it. Absolutely. I mean, it's probably the most fulfilling uh, experiences I've ever had. Yeah. And, you know, creating creating art and, and having ambitions of doing things that you've always wanted to do and to have them realized and and to, you know, in a in a physical, tangible form, right? Um, you know, a stage, whether there's people there or not, I don't care. But you know, when we're doing our thing, and you know, you're locked in the moment, like that's one of the most special things I think I've ever felt. You know, right? Oh, I'm sure. I can't imagine, but yeah, I bet it's really great and kind of surreal for you. Yeah, I you know, and I, I like I said, I can only attribute it to these dudes being. <laughs> amazing as they are because i mean i could do it with other people right i could do it by myself and it's not near as fun um yeah but i mean these dudes are just cream of the crop i mean i couldn't i couldn't ask for a better group of guys oh yeah it's such a blessing that you were able to form a band that great that that's so close-knit too yeah i've been i've been lucky yeah (laughs) so when you're on the road or doing gigs and stuff 
would you rather be in like a bigger venue or do you like just playing in little bars or what do you prefer? Man, I would stay in the small little dirty bars my whole life. Yeah. I kind of had a feeling you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, not to say that I, I wouldn't mind playing some big arenas occasionally or right. bigger venues. Um, and we've played a few. Um, there's a big disconnect that happens. Yes, I can see you that. Know, the taller the stage and the wider the stage and the further they put the people back from you. Um, and it, it takes, uh, to me, it takes a lot of that connection away from the audience. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, whether we're standing on the same floor as the audience or just a foot above and we're all sweating it out together. Uh, right. I'd rather do that. Um, what was what was the question? <laughs> If you prefer the bigger venues or small yeah, bars, small. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's funny that you, you say prefer because I don't. We don't really have a choice most of the time. We basically right in the smaller to mid-sized <laughs> venues most of the time. Um, but you know, if we could do those and play them to a level every night where you know there's enough money to pay everybody and keep the thing going night after night after yeah. night, um, that would be ideal. Right. Um, you know, it is what it is, and you just take what's given and you keep trying, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so you've talked about having some downtime. What do you do in your downtime? Um, I, I paint a lot. Oh, wow, really? Sell them and give them away. and. Oh, that's awesome. I'm an artist, too. I haven't got to paint in years, though. But, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I come from a fine arts background, and uh, just a few years ago, I abandoned all of that notion and i mean i've done you know commercial art and, and graphic design my, my whole career oh that's so cool so chris i've spent all my time creating these things on a computer that yeah you, know, you, you make them you put them out in the world and they're gone basically you know they right. live for a little while or whatever the case may be but um you know that's just the way advertising is but uh yeah, so I started doing these paintings where I basically gave myself no rules and I just bought some canvas and some paint mm -hmm. and I started smearing paint on canvases and just, you know, just seeing what would happen without right. the pretense of being an artist and yeah. without the pretense of judging myself or critiquing, um, you know, is that shape right? Is that you know, right. color right? Um, I would really just wanted to try to put the emotion, I mean, you know, not to be cliche, but the emotion I was putting <laughs> into my music onto a canvas and see how that translated. Oh, so yes. A whole batch of these, you know, really large canvases um, one year, and I gave them to all the, the band members uh, as a Christmas present. After oh, that's perfect. Making uh, Dixie Electric Company. Yes. In 2011. Um, and I got really inspired from that and just kept doing it and kept doing it. And um, so now <clears throat> whenever I'm, you know, in my downtime, I guess, I do a lot of other things too, but, this is probably the, the, the other you know, bigger right. thing um, is that I'll, I'll you know break out a bunch of canvases and paint and, and just do you know a whole bunch at a time basically I just do them in groups so yeah just let the creativity flow yeah and I just get it out of me and I'll paint for us you know a few days or a week and then mm -hmm. I'll hang it up for a little while and um, until the mood strikes me again you know it's like it's, it's another one of those things that I don't want to do every day. I don't want to turn right. it into a job or turn it into something that feels less inspired. I feel like when I try to force that one too, it just right. it doesn't. No, it's more of an outlet. It is, yeah. You got to do it when the when the time strikes. Exactly. So, what you kind know, of medium do you use? I just do acrylics on on canvas. Do you? 
and that, to me, they're the most fun. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, they're extremely pliable. Right. Yeah. Easy. Um, and they, they, you know, the colors are pretty rich for what I'm doing. Yes. So, and they're pretty cheap overall. Yeah. Easily they are. You know, so, um, you know, I've done old paintings in the past where I've you know, done realistic stuff. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the most forgiving for what I'm doing. Right. I guess. Yeah. See, I, I use guess. like watercolor. That's my thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I love doing, doing watercolor stuff. Uh, it's just sometimes it, I don't have a lot of patience these days. So <laughs> when it comes to a painting, I want to I want to see results quickly, and I don't want to have to control them. Right. Much. And I find that the, the technique and what I'm doing with these acrylics allows me to do that. Whereas my experience in the past with like watercolor tools, <laughs> you know, you have to be you know, somewhat methodical and have a plan if you yes. want things to turn out the way you want them to. Um, and there's a technique involved for sure. Right. So, um, I just I don't want to. I don't want to invest that much thinking, I guess, when it comes to this. It's not <laughs> thinking outward. Well, yeah, which is good because you do enough thinking during, you know, creating music and all of that, everything else. So. Yeah. And then outside of that, you know, um, I used to say I was, I was doing a lot of gardening at home. Oh, cool. I had time for that. So, um, yeah, something my mom and I would do. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so I kind of spent a lot of time doing that but I, I just haven't had the time the last couple of years right music stuff so but hopefully i'll get back to that next year we'll see well yeah you really need to i'd love to see some of your work yep definitely i'll, I'll have to send you some i'll uh, i'll send if i remember or if you can remind me i'll send you some examples of the uh, stuff i've been doing oh yeah definitely i'll remind you don't worry <laughs> okay. i'll remind you um okay so are you um what's your presence like on social media oh god uh, that's a loaded question <laughs> uh how, how so how do you mean i guess okay where can everybody find you for one thing oh well i you know i try to be everywhere i can we're definitely on twitter instagram facebook youtube um i can send you the links to all of those and then, you know, we've got our own website, too. Uh, so I try to keep them all fresh and updated. I definitely did a better job last year when we were, you know, um, really pushing this record. I've right. I've slacked off a little bit lately, um, and I kind of need to. Like, that whole world just <laughs> sucks you in so bad and wears you out. Yeah, you, know? you got to be careful. So I've, I've had to take a bit of a break from staying on top of all that stuff. Oh, I'll yeah. check occasionally, but, you know, the everyday posting it's exhausting. I gotta give a, a plug to my buddy um, Jeffrey Morrison. He uh, he helped me out with a lot of that last year. I mean, he grew my Twitter <laughs> following, Instagram following. Like, yes. Really got us into a lot of places that um, I wouldn't have done on my own. So I mean, it was nice having that extra help and horsepower. I mean, that dude's. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a great songwriter himself. I mean, I gotta I gotta give it to him. He's he's a he's a hustler. Well, good. Okay, so now. Um, like, what is your handle for them to find you on? Because it's not Chris Stelcup in the Grange; it's something else, isn't it? Uh, it depends on which one. It's either Stalkup and the Grange, or it is Stalkup Grange. Um, I think Twitter is Stalkup Grange. Yeah. I think um, Instagram and Facebook are Stalkup in the Grange. Um, 
YouTube is under Dirtleg Records. Yeah. Keep everything uh, there. And uh, the website is stalkupgrange.com. Or Chris Stalkup and the Grange. It's, there's several of them that point to the same place. <laughs> yes. I just want to make sure everybody can find you and follow you and support you. Yeah. I hope they do. Oh, me too. They better. <laughs> so where all can they find your music? Uh, music's everywhere. Um, it's definitely, you know, it's on iTunes. It's on Amazon, Spotify, Pandora. Yeah. Um, all those, you know, the streaming services. Um, let's see. We're also on Bandcamp thegrange.bandcamp.com right which is um, actually where i found you is it okay cool I, I really like bandcamp's platform they you know they give me a lot of control as an artist right and um you know uh, I, I can push stuff up there you know at my my whim without having to go through you know, the traditional digital distribution cycle of right submitting and waiting forever and paying all this money i, I if i make a song I can put it up there. If I mm-hmm. make a t-shirt, I can put it up there. Oh, yeah, everything. It's all right there. It's so easy. So um, I really like uh, pushing stuff through there as much as I can, only because I can connect my physical merch, too, right. um, to all of the, the music as well, and that, that makes you know, it makes it a lot easier for me. So I don't, I don't keep the physical stuff anywhere else for purchase, I don't think. So it's all right there. Yeah, which I was so thankful when I found you, you know, for my playlist, Smoking Whiskey. Because yeah. I just, I don't know, because I just love your music. And then I was so excited when you were on board for me to use however you want me, you know. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, okay, so let's talk a little more about some of your songs. Like, um, o- Ogeechee? How do you say that? Ogeechee. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ogeechee River. Uh, well, Ogeechee River is actually a... a know a, a river down in south georgia just right and um i've got some friends that live down that way and we we were doing a, a southeast kind of coastal tour um a couple years back and we stopped there and i was literally sitting on the edge of ogeechee river having a cup of coffee one morning and like i just thought to myself man this is a beautiful moment in life and Right. It'd be neat to capture this in a song. And I, you know, as we talked about earlier, most of the songs I, I write and had been writing were, were mostly about, you know, relationships somehow or another. Or trying yes. To understand life, you know. And so I really wanted to capture what I was feeling in that moment. Yeah. Um, oh, to be alive and taste the salt in the wind. Um, I was trying to be present and, and you know, capture that idea of presence in the form of a song so um i just started writing it down and, i mean you're asking about process before yeah i didn't have a guitar with me at the moment so i just started writing the lyrics down and had an idea of how it might go in my head and then you know a little later i went and grabbed the guitar and kind of pieced it together but i mean it that song i think pretty much came together in like an hour oh wow sitting there and just like being there and just capturing what was moving through me at the moment um, so, uh, I've got a, you know, like I said, I, I love that area down, down South Georgia. And several of my friends are still there and, um, it's fun to go and, and visit and then have this song as sort of my reference point yeah. to, to that location, you know, and, um, it, it's always fun and people ask me, you know, different questions about it. So it's kind of a cool conversation piece too, because it's, it's so 
Uh, it's got such a locational feel to it. Right. Yeah. Well, and to me, the song I kind of picked up on, like it's like a rebirth, even. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's that whole rebirth and redemption sort of vibe I was um, trying to to achieve with writing the songs for this record. You know? Right. And whether it's each individual song or the collection as a whole um achieving that so this song kind of embodies that in a lot of ways you know it's it's sort of waking up one morning and realizing that you know life goes on mm-hmm. um you can choose to jump on board or just live in the past which right. one you want um but right now you know can be pretty beautiful if you just open your eyes and, and, and you know take it all in and see what's going on around you exactly exactly and more people need to do that because so many um, people don't. They never just, you know, live in the moment. They're always focused you, on the past or future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ditching, you know, the, the full-time job life and um, trying to do more of, of music daily and, and as a full-time effort uh, has really given me that opportunity. And, and it allowed me to do that as well as um, gave me the uh the incentive to do it i guess right so there's times i have to remind myself like yeah you know as frustrating as whatever might be going on it's like this is exactly where i want to be doing what i want to do and Mm -hmm. um, it it, it's always been hard for me to accept that and to understand it and so i'm trying to to do more of that myself so it's you know i think we're all guilty of it we all get caught up in life and oh absolutely um, it's hard to be present as they say i've been mm-hmm. told to do that by so many people and so i've been trying to <laughs> yes. embrace that myself and, it is a know. good thing yeah yeah for sure definitely <laughs> Southern summer is sinking in Across the water the tall grass swaying in the wind The birds are calling, the moss is falling Oh Lord I feel so small and won't you help me understand how I've wronged and how I've sinned. Will she ever pass my way again? Yeah. 
song um oh, so i really want to know more about it because i know it's about your grandfathers and all so yeah um so man you know these guys come from what you know, we, we tenderly refer to as the greatest generation you know, these yeah guys that had to go to, to, to war i mean they didn't have a choice um and they had to live lives that are so foreign to who we are and how we live our lives today you know right. my grandfather Clyde he, he literally worked in a coal mine um, his, wow. his career you know mm-hmm. um, and Pete was in World War II got his arm shot off came back oh my lord still had a fruitful and productive life and you know continued to serve um, and you know I look back on those guys as you know both of my, my grandfathers you know they're sort of the dudes that um, sort of light the way for you in a lot of ways as a young man. Yes. And uh, I've always held them both in high regard and had a lot of respect for them. And as I've gotten older, uh, that you know that changed. And as I learned more about who they are and what they did, um, my perspectives on them grew and changed and developed. And right. um, 
I guess at one point in time, it moved me enough to to want to capture that and to tell a story about them. And I didn't know how to do that singularly um, at the time. So I lumped them together and I, I told the story <laughs> of my grandfathers um, yeah. and just sort of you know, did a juxtaposition of the two of them. Because it, it was cool to me that, you know, and it sounds like the, 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 the line from the song, but they literally lived in the same town, but they lived such different lives. Mm -hmm. And um, when I look at that, too, and I look at everything else that they did, and they had to go through just to get by every day. I mean, the stuff that they did was just, you know, Herculean almost. You know? Oh, wow. And so, I, you know, I just, I think about, and I think a lot of the song came from thinking about how we live today right. and how easy it is, you know, in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Comparatively to um, the way that, that life was lived. That they lived. And mm -hmm. what they did. And if, you know, if there's a way to draw a direct comparison, if you could go back in time and live a day in their shoes. Oh, um, Lord. You know, it, and it's just amazing to think of that, uh, you know, all of the, the adversity that they overcame. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't a second thought. And it's just like it's what they had to do. So, um I mean, that, that song really is born out of a great respect for an entire generation, but also, you know, those two people in particular. Um, yes. I didn't know them as much as I would have liked to have, right. and I think that's probably the case with a lot of folks. Yeah, but, it is. Um, you know, I've, I've learned bits and pieces, and the cool thing about writing the song, putting it into a format that's shareable with other people, is I've learned more since then. It opened up a dialogue within my family. Right. Um, some degree of like well you know, and well, you know. <laughs> so i learned all these tidbits and um you know i i, I think i got my facts 99.9 percent .9 accurate there might be a slight embellishment <laughs> hey that's okay there, but, i mean that's what those are the stories i was told so yes really you know this was the story of legend you know right. these two legends in my mind growing up like these were the stories that i was told and um i was just in awe at these things you know, yes. Like, like I said, as I grew older, and I realized the, the amount of effort that stuff took for, for a singular person to accomplish, it's like, uh, wow, okay, I don't know that I could do that on any given day. So, well, no, I mean, and I think you did did a really good justice by putting them both in the same song, because that's one thing that makes the song so good. You know, is just seeing the differences in how they live their lives and the people they were. I think that was a brilliant choice. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, I hope it. I, it was one of those two that I was. I sort of struggled with um, telling that story, mm -hmm. and and trying not to be too verbose, and and trying to paint the right picture, if you will, right. of, of what I wanted the listener to learn about these people, and how I wanted them to to walk away, experiencing what I experienced. Um, and feeling what I felt about them, uh, giving them just enough, but maybe not too much, you know, hopefully. Oh, yeah. So, um, and it kind of born out of, like I said, born out of respect and homage to them. So uh, I wanted the song to do that. And I, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could do that with a traditional song structure and mm -hmm. approach. So, you know, there's this whole down section there where I basically talk and tell the story. And, and I, I kind of, um, take that from uh, a listen to too much drive by truckers i think <laughs> there yeah, you there's go a, I, I, there's a specific song i can't recall the name of yeah. it at the time 
know where, where Patterson is. It basically does a very similar thing. And I, yes. I, just, I just thought, oh, this, this is kind of an homage to them, too, as as guys that uh, a band and, and musicians that I've always looked up to since I've been exposed to them. So I felt like this song kind of allowed me the opportunity to pay homage to them as, you know, sort of you know, defining how I write music and play music these days. Yeah, well, like I said, I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sorry for the long-winded answer. No, I love it. I love it. Very long-winded about everything. Hey, I really like that about you. <laughs> I'm a talker myself, too, so, yeah. No, it's awesome. Good, good. The longer, the better. <laughs> um, okay, now one song and the video. Oh, my God. The video actually made me cry, I will admit. Um, is for burning up these highways. Yeah. Uh, okay. What you want to know? Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious what the song's about, you know? And, but, I, that just, to me, it seems like it had to be kind of a hard song for you to write, but also one of the most therapeutic in a way, too. Sure, yeah. You know? And the video was done really well, by the way. Well, thank you. That's that's all Nathan Maori. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm trying to think on that song if I even had a hand in it. I think, <laughs> honestly, Nathan and I, we you know we meet on all the videos. He's done all the videos for this record, by the way. Yeah. Um, he's amazing. And I, basically on this one, I was like, here's the theme. Listen to the song. This right. is what I want to convey. And he said, I want to go do this kind of thing on my own. Um and he had, you know, this idea in mind, and he right. just, like, shot it all of a sudden came back to me. I mean, I was around for some of the shooting. Yes. Um, and we shot some of it at my, my house, and, um, but, you know, I, I knew kind of where they were going to fall into the, right. the sticking of the video and the edits, but um, I wasn't around for everything, so he, he just made this beautiful piece that really went well, I think, with the video, so I Oh, I yeah, it did. It's a, it's a very moving video. Um, it is. As well as I said, made me cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, the song epitomizes what was going on for me in making this record. And, right. And making this shift in my life. I mean, it's it talks about, you know, I, uh, I basically abandoned one one section of my life and, mm-hmm. and went forth with another. So I was spending all this time on the road. And, um, and it, the things that happened that are out of your control while you're just sitting in a car and driving all day. Like, yeah. Life goes on around you, and whether you can impact it or not in the ways that you want. And so mm-hmm. this thing, this song really was about that, you know, that journey and um, the frustrations of, of not being able to to tackle some of the, the, the issues you've got going on head on because right. you are out on the road. And um, I think, you know, that was my experience, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, in talking with other musician buddies, you know, they experience, I feel like I've heard them say they've all experienced similar things. Oh, of course. So, to me, this was a bit of a, an opportunity to kind of um, pay some reverence to some of my buddies that are just out there busting their ass all the time. Right. And they, 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 you know, they have sacrificed so much in their life, whether they know it or not. Um, in order to do this, and mm-hmm. this is their dream, this is their goal too. Like they're out there just burning up the roads, man. Just to 
go from town to town and, and their, their life is happening around them, whether it's mm-hmm. good or bad, I tend to portray the, uh, the negative side of things <laughs> and paint that picture. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a journey. I mean, um, Absolutely. Song happens. It's funny. It's like we left, you know, Richmond Hill where Ogeechee River is. Right. And went to Preston, Tennessee. And that's kind of when this song was written. So like, I put that line in there. We're sitting in the America's Best Inn right outside of Bristol. And um, the next morning, after playing a show there, I was just sitting out on the tailgate of the truck and like drinking coffee and eating a donut. I guess. <laughs> I'd had this song going on for quite some time. I had these little sketches in my sketchbook. Yes. And it all fell together basically in the parking lot. And like, wow. I was sitting in the parking lot finishing, you know, all the touches of making it all connect. And it, um, you know, Bristol to Richmond Hill, like that song happened. You know? Mm-hmm. Gosh, oh, there's another. Crazy. I have to do one other thing. You know, I, I kind of talked about it. They're paying the reverence to my buddy. Right. Um, I did that. There's a line specifically: whiskey, wine, and pills. Um, yes. I, I borrowed, if you will, all great artists um, borrow. I think. Oh yeah, degree. definitely. Um, <laughs> to some degree, of course. But I borrowed that line specifically from a friend of mine, Devin Stewart, who um, had a band called The Takers. Mm-hmm. And if, if you like rowdy country rock and roll, check out The Takers. Um, oh, okay, cool. Their band's called Take Her Easy, but he has a song called, uh, or excuse me, their album was called Take Her Easy. Yeah. Uh, there's a song that was one of my band's favorite songs, um, and is undoubtedly a lot of other people's favorite songs. I think it was one of their most popular ones. Um, they're out of Florida, but the, uh, the song was uh, called bottles friends and bottles and so the line whiskey wine and pills came from that so i i had to i i didn't have to but i i, I called Devin and i said hey man um i got this song i'm working on and it's you know it's about this and it kind of goes right. like this and it's like i really i i want to use that line um not to steal from you but i want to kind of pay homage to you because you know your writing your songs have had such a profound impact on me and this song is about that journey you know? right and so he's like you know he gave me his blessing to, mm. to put his three or four words in there <laughs> and so uh, i guess not too many people know about that unless they are fans of theirs as well no, oh, right yeah they wouldn't know a, you know a connective history together um but it works so well and um, oh yeah it works really good within the refrains of the song yeah thanks mm-hmm. and it gave me that opportunity to kind of get back to them a little bit in my mind you know right yeah which is great it's great how artists can kind of do that though yeah yeah i think so and i do it i've done it in other places like subtly i try to do it (laughs) yeah and i tell my buddies like hey check out this this line in this song this is for you kind of a thing right (laughs) yeah so that's fun um how has it been being accepted by your peers in the country music industry have you had any issues with that or you've been pretty accepted um yeah i mean it's, i think it's been pretty good overall um you know i i can't say we've had a bad experience with other musicians or artists um yeah that i know of i mean right we've had a lot of great response from our our peers um that's good so far so good yeah, yeah. That's and really I, you know, good. There's been, I, I got to throw this out there. I mean, you know, there's a couple of my buddies who who uh, have really been supportive 
of my efforts and the band's efforts. You know, guys like Matt Woods, Justin Wells, right. Scott Lowe. I mean, those guys are hustlers. They're out there doing it, and you know, they've dragged me along to some of their shows, <laughs> put me in front of them, or yes. you know, drove me on tour with them, whatever the case may be. And you know, because they believe in what we're doing, and yeah, uh, and that probably is 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 as big a compliment as any I think right. you know so um, and it's, that, that's been awesome and, and it, yeah. it continues to happen you know there's there's so many folks out there we've met so many great people doing this and I mean I can't even begin to name them all you know but uh, oh, yeah. it's been cool it's been really cool yeah <laughs> it's hard you know it's hard too because you make so many friends or acquaintances and yes. you want to with them all and you can't I mean, yeah it's too difficult it, it, it's uh you know, I'll call some of those guys up occasionally and yeah. say, hey, man, what's going? And, you know, you may not hear back from them for a while because they're just so, <laughs> they're busy. Yeah, everyone's busy. They're busy doing the thing. And so um, it can be hard to stay in touch with, with each other, but there's a there's a, there's a a beautiful common bond um, that goes on with that I've found and experienced with this group of folks. And yeah. um, we're all trying to achieve the same thing. We're all trying to exactly. achieve Exactly, right. So, One common um, goal. So everybody's just kind of doing their own thing, and, and but when you come together, it's, it's a really beautiful moment. It's great to see friends on the road, like when they're traveling, or if you're mm-hmm. traveling somewhere and you bump into somebody, like. Oh, uh, that'd be fun, awesome. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, since recording um, Down Hard Fools and everything has the way you balance your um, music and personal life, has that changed any? Um, from previously? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, it, it, it's had to. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, making that record, I'd say during the making of the record, things are about the same, but then releasing the record, touring on that record was different. Um, you know, I was not here. I was not home. Right. Uh, uh, and so, you know, things had to be tended to, so I had to rely on other people to, to help me out and do things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so... You know, there's there's a bit of that going on. Um, now that I'm back home, now things are, are nice and settled, which is cool. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I mean, it was it was a little disruptive in some ways. So it required you know some planning and some support. Right. That I wasn't used to re- having to ask for help on. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like to do that first of all, but um, you know, having to ask somebody to, to help you manage your life a little bit is is kind of an awkward position to be in you know I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be in that position but I've, I've fortunately had good friends and family around that have uh, well yeah been very supportive of that and so they they all you know pitched in and um i think it worked out pretty well yeah and everybody has those times in their lives when they need somebody else there to kind of help pick them up and get them going and so yeah that's always good yeah yeah and i mean you know going out to to play rock and roll music play country music um, is is like one of those things though that it's it's not like a, a life threatening thing where hey, right. I need your help. It's like, could you please help me out? Like, yeah, <laughs> check the mail, you know. Yes. And the dog. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, it's a luxury to be able to yeah. in, in my mind, and so you know, that's a good way to look at it. For favors, mm-hmm. it's a different situation to be in for sure. But yeah, right. I've got a great support group around me, folks that. That have, have really, you know, helped help me be able to do all this. Yeah, which is awesome. I hope that continues, which sounds I like did. it probably will. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> I will continue one way or the other. Well, true. True story. You know, um, you know, you know the beauty is I, I learn along the way, too. I hope I do. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can better plan and better arrange mm-hmm. to be able to do that sort of stuff. So uh, that's kind of part of what I've been doing in this downtime is right. getting the infrastructure in place stronger so that the next round of it um, can hopefully go smoother. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to hear what you have coming up next. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, we recorded a few songs the other day. Yeah. I've got, I've got some stuff done um, that I haven't released. That there's, I've got one EP I call The Leftovers. I don't know what I'll actually <laughs> call it. Um, there were songs that, that I'd recorded during recording Dixie and yes. um that just didn't fit the vibe of the record. Right. So... Um, they're awesome songs, and I, I may just release those as a, their own little EP of leftovers. I think you should. Um, I think that would be cool. Yeah, so th- I'm going to probably put those out real soon. Um, I've got, we were in the studio in the last couple months, and I've got some new tunes that are I'm excited about. Um, so, you know, the next record's underway. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with it. Like I said, right. I cleanse myself of my traditional habits of songwriting and yeah. living and um i'm on a new frontier for me so i'm not new adventure boundaries on it and saying mm-hmm. well this has to be a 10 song 11 song album i mean i might right. do EPs. i might you know i've kind of thought about just doing a handful of eps and just mm-hmm. so i can get the cycle quicker i can i can you know make the the songs get them out purge myself of them but also right to keep some content fresh out there for those folks that do listen to what i'm doing yeah which um, is always so good they're not waiting a year or two years to hear new music from me you know yeah but sometimes the wait's worth it too so oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't ever want to sacrifice the art yeah um, i don't think you ever will no and that's kind of been my guiding light all along with everything i do you know i want to i want whatever it is i'm creating to be something i'm proud of Mm-hmm. 20 years from now so um absolutely i've got to uh i keep that in mind but also you know I've, I've got all this stuff so it's funny like the more i write the more i, I end up with i mean i've got all this material that i'm just kind of itching to get out so yes uh, maybe just be a big you know quadruple album or something you know? hey there you go that worked too <laughs> <laughs> Can I do a greatest hits if, I'm, if I don't have any hits? Hey, you can do whatever the hell you want, yeah. <laughs> I'll just do a greatest hits and just do you know, 100 songs. Well, that would kind of be cool, but. <laughs> I'd enjoy it. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Okay, so tell me one thing, Chris, that um, people may not know about you. Like, do you have one little, like, any kind of quirk or something weird you do, or? Oh, my gosh. Um. <laughs> this little screen here so that it looks like I'm looking at you instead of everywhere else. It won't let me. Okay. Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> one, just one? You just want hey, you can tell me as many as you want. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, what, make, what makes you quirky? Man, I have all kinds of tics. Um, well, good. I do, too, uh, so that's good. <laughs> dude, I, I see. Oh, what's something that's not embarrassing? Hey, em- uh, embarrassing is fine. <laughs> Well, I, I do have this like uh, thing that's kind of called this sort of a symmetry equilateral thing, where it's like if I bump my left arm, I have to bump my right arm. Oh, yeah. If I scratch, if 
my left knee, I have to scratch my right. So you're OCD in a little ways, yeah. I think that's what it's yep. what it is, yeah. So I'm a little OCD um, <laughs> uh, about certain things like that. Yeah. There's, uh, yes, there's certainly a lot of them in my head that I go through that I can't even describe. There's oh, so yeah. Much to that, but that's probably the best way to, uh, to try to visualize it. Yes. I'm sure I've got more... Hey, that's my job. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> I like I like messing with my friends. Is that is that a quirk? Oh gosh, like joke, practical jokes and stuff. Yeah, or? I try to try to do whatever I can. Um, you know, so out of the blue, I like to send people weird, random stuff. And, um, make me laugh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it always makes them, but you get a kick out of it, huh? Yeah. So if you're on my list of, of quirky, weird, goofy uh, text messages or videos <laughs> that I send out occasionally, then you know you're a good person. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though. Maybe after interview number two. Yeah, there um, you go. I'll send some your way. <laughs> hey, that'd be fun. I'll take it. <laughs> well, it's been so great talking to you, Chris. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thank. Yeah, and I can't wait to do it again. We're definitely going to have to. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. Thanks so much for joining me in this episode of The Road Show. I really love talking to Chris. Please be sure and follow Chris Selkup and The Grange on all their social media and check out their music. Also, follow me on Twitter at Aaron underscore May. That's A-I-R-E-N underscore M-A-Y-E and The Road Show at Roadshow Pod. And now to finish this episode of The Roadshow, let's listen to Chris Selkup and the Grange's song, Burning Up These Highways. I never ask 
questions like how you feel I'd only write it in songs and hope you were listening I'm coming home next Tuesday should get in about 5 a.m. Wake up at half past noon Could you talk to me then? See, I want to tell you I don't give a damn About nothing but you And these six strings in my hand I'm out here doing the best that I can Burning up these highways I was hoping you'd understand Discount motel rooms They ain't quite home Whiskey, wine, and pills Have taken a toll Hear that you got married And that you turned two into four And that you got tired of being alone Always wanted more I wish I could tell you That I don't give a damn If that were true I wouldn't take the time To write this down I'm out here doing The best that I can Highways was hoping you'd understand. I'm burning up these highways.